I didn't even see her until the next day. I remember walking into the NICU and just having the nurse sitting at the desk. And she was very nice, but she said, you know, we scrubbed in and she said, you can go see her. And I just looked around and I said, but which one is she? And I just started bawling because, you know, you think you're going to recognize your own baby. But I had never seen her. Like, why would I recognize her? She's a new person. (laughs) And so right from the get go, I just felt like a, a failure. Ever feel like you suck at this job? Motherhood, I mean. Have too much anxiety and not enough patience. Too much yelling, not enough play. There's no manual, no village, no guarantees. The stakes are high. We want so badly to get it right. But this is survival mode. We're just trying to make it to bedtime. So if you're full of mom guilt, your temper scares you. You feel like you're screwing everything up and you're afraid to admit any of those things out loud. This podcast is for you. This is Failing Motherhood. I'm Danielle Batman, and each week we'll chat with a mom ready to be real, sharing her insecurities, her fears, her failures, and her wins. We do not have it all figured out. That's not the goal. The goal is to remind you, you are the mom your kids need. They need what you have, you are good enough, and you're not alone. I hope you pop in earbuds, somehow sneak away, and get ready to hear some hope from the trenches. You belong here, friend. We're so glad you're here. Hey, it's Danielle. It's September. I can't even. Can I just say, if you're listening to this podcast, can I give you a pat on the back? Prioritizing something like this is huge for a weekly boost to your sanity. And I'm just so proud of you and incredibly grateful that you're choosing to spend this time with me. You are the mom for your kids, and you're also kind of a badass, so here's to you, my friend. Do you agree with this mom? She wrote, this podcast is for every mama who has ever doubted their ability to parent their kiddos. It's encouraging and relatable. I'm so excited for more episodes. Thank you for that review, and if you haven't left a review yet, I get it. It's a global pandemic, you're homeschooling, and even trying to respond to a text is a tall order right now. Well, just know, I'm going to hold my breath, and I'm not going to breathe back out until you do. Okay, I can't do that, but if you love the podcast, I want to know it. Did you see how short hers was? You can do hard things. I believe in you. Also, I have a new gift for you. It's a tool to keep you sane and centered as you weather this pandemic. Research shows in order for kids to be resilient, they need a strong, connected relationship with a supportive adult. And that's you. You best be taking care of yourself so you can show up and be the parent that you want to be. I wrote a short affirmation for you to read every day, wiring your thoughts, as well as a short checklist of the self-care you need to take care of yourself. Get yours at parentingwholeheartedly.com slash affirmation. That's parentingwholeheartedly.com slash affirmation. Now I think you're going to love my interview with Erin. It's not every day you get to talk to a mom who's been through four deployments and eight moves in 13 years and lived to tell about it. She's so honest about a moment that she's not proud of, which we love here at Failing Motherhood. And she has advice for all of us, whether we're military families or not. Here's our conversation. 
Welcome to Failing Motherhood. My name is Danielle Bettman, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Erin Howe. Erin's the proud wife of a U.S. Naval Flight Officer and currently a stay-at-home mom, soon to be homeschooling. As a military spouse, she's assisted and led multiple groups that find community and support with fellow spouses, a critical component of success through inevitable separations and deployments. Erin is also the co-producer of the Metamorphosis podcast, which is about stories of transformation and the moments that change us. Welcome, Erin. Thanks so much for stopping by. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I know for a fact military life has to add reasons to feel like you're failing. Yes? Almost daily. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not like regular parenthood is hard enough. No, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely all have our own struggles, but I think we have an added little element of just what are we doing here? (laughs) Yes. Uh, No question. So you have two kids. They're Mm -hmm. how old now? Uh, My daughter is nine and my son is seven. Okay. So how – What? take me back to the story of how you – like got into the military life and what that has looked like and yeah, just kind of start from the top. Oh my gosh. How did I get into military life? I did not want to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I met my husband when I was, you know, mid twenties and I had my own job. I um, had my own career path. I was doing great. And then I meet this cute sailor guy and had dinner with him and I was like, dang it, I like him. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> and I initially told him no way, like this is not happening. But then we're married for 13 years next week. And wow, I congrats. guess it, it happened. So <laughs> <laughs> so never say never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely was initially like, no way am I giving up my career and my path for a guy. Why would I do that? And then yeah, it happened. Oh, shoot. Yeah. What were what were you going to do with your life? So I met him. I was actually working at uh, Walt Disney World. Um, oh, fun. I was working in their marketing department at the time. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss it? I do. And I still have friends there, so I still get some of the benefits occasionally. Oh, nice. um, but I do miss it. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so what was early motherhood like for you? So... Um, early motherhood was nothing like I expected it to be. I was so excited about the whole process of experiencing pregnancy. And I was one of those people that actually looked forward to delivery. I just, I wanted the full like woman experience, you know, cause it just sounds like that's what, I don't know. It just, it sounded magical <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to experience it all. And I thought I would love it. And, um, I had a miserable pregnancy my first time. Uh, I had uh, hypermesis and was in the hospital for fluids a few times. <laughs> oh, no. Because I couldn't even keep you down didn't. water. And then, oh. so that was not fun. Uh, <laughs> and then my uh, first labor and delivery went completely haywire and nothing like I expected. And I think I um, carried a lot of guilt from that into my early stages of motherhood. Yeah. Um, So we had a hard time bonding and, and all of that right from the get go. 
And it so. was like like a traumatic like NICU situation, right? Yeah. So it started out normal enough. And then I caved. I was, like I said, I wanted to experience it all. So I was like, I'm doing it natural and this is going to be amazing. Um, and then, you know, a certain number of hours in and I was like, you know, I think that epidural sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so no I shame. got it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But my labor like stopped after I got the epidural. It just oh, initially no. just stopped all progress for a while. And then um, eventually when it kicked back up, uh, they broke my water and there was meconium and they prepped me. They were like, this can go either way from here. So just be prepared. And so she had meconium aspiration and it was hard because I actually delivered her at a hospital that didn't have a NICU. Oh. So they had the, the, a team in the delivery room ready t- for whatever was going to happen. But she was, whisked away. She was not breathing. They intubated her and they took her pretty quickly in an ambulance across town to a NICU. So I didn't even see her until the next day. And so that was, and of course they told me, you know, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything. But in the back of my mind, it always just sat there like, so my labor stopped when they gave me the epidural. It slowed it down. Is that what caused her the stress that caused this to happen? Mm. Um, and whether that, I mean, doctors will tell you there's just no way to know, but, and I believe them, <laughs> but as a right. mom, you have that, you know, voice in your head, like, what if? Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I didn't even see her until the next day. And I remember walking into the NICU and just having the nurse sitting at the desk and she was very nice, but she said, you know, we scrubbed in and she said, you can go see her. And I just looked around and I said, but which one is she? And I just started bawling because, you know, you think you're going to recognize your own baby, but I had never seen her. Like, why would I recognize her? She's a new person. Yeah. (laughs) And so right from the get go, I just felt like a, a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I I can't I can't imagine that guilt of feeling like there is something you could do even though you'll never know and not having that closure of those answers, but definitely not what you pictured expectation wise. Right. And then from there, I mean, she was in the NICU for a week and she did great. She's totally healthy. There was no, you know, it was amazing. And I'm grateful for that. But I still, I feel like something was stolen from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a hard time. Like, she never nursed. They're just, we didn't, we didn't have that connection. And I remember just, like, holding her, trying to get her to nurse for, like, I tried for six weeks before I just gave up entirely. And I was just, like, I remember calling my mom just crying, like, my baby doesn't love me. What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do I do? It was awful. It was a very dark time in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and postpartum is already a train wreck of hormones and emotions and, like, figuring out for the first time everything you have to do and 
having that on top of it, of that bonding that you know is so important, like there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, you feel so helpless. It was awful. And then to add to it, going back to the military thing, when I had her, my husband was finishing up flight school. Mm. So he was like scheduled for all of these like crazy, you know, last minute check rides and everything to get his um, flight school finished. And it was just all, it was like the most amount of stress all at one time. I just wanted to run away. Like it was. Yeah. But we survived. It's good. Everyone's still alive. Yeah. We're all still here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So he's been probably in and out this whole ride. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about how you say it. He's been in and out. <laughs> Doing important things, of course. Doing but important things, yeah. Yes. And carrying – I'm sure he carries an immense amount of guilt from that too. But um, Yeah. And that's actually – he was around for the first, like, 18 months of my uh, daughter's life. And then he was deployed for, like, eight months. And that was really when she and I bonded, when it was just the two of us, that first deployment without him. So it's actually like as bad as it is that's like, oh, you know, dad's gone and I'm doing this alone. I, I look back on it fondly because that when I was when I really connected and felt myself come into motherhood. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm sure you needed almost like a secondary catalyst. Right. To kind of, you know, activate some of those aspects of your relationship. So in some ways, yeah, I mean, that's probably what you needed. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you're able to have that opportunity. But, yeah, I mean, that's never easy for sure. Never the ideal that you're looking for. So then how long was it until you had your second? So they're roughly two and a half years apart. So it was – he got home from deployment and we got to work on the number two. (laughs) Uh Yep. (laughs) And and that was night and day different. But when I had my son, I was, like I say, I – bound and determined again, even more so to have the natural birth and pregnancy was still hard, not quite as hard, but I would deliver him again. Like if I could really? have that delivery room experience again, I would totally do it. So did so, you do it all natural then? I did ha- deliver him natural. Wow. And it wasn't easy. Like I'm not one of those people that was like, oh, it was super great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who are those people really? I don't know. <laughs> But really looking back on it, I did, I really enjoyed, I felt so in tune with my body and just everything. And of course it went smoothly and everybody was healthy. So that helps too. But yeah, um, I remember when the doctor handed him to me and laid him on my chest, I remember the first words out of my mouth were, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Mm. Like it just felt like everything that I had missed out on before was just made all better, just right there in that instant. Oh, I that was so healing for you. For sure. So did, were you able to nurse him? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He nursed like a bro. Like, it was just, it was night and day different. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Wow. So then, was your husband around that time? He was. Um, he left uh, the next time when my son was about three months old when he okay. left. And then he came back right at the time for his first birthday. Wow. So, yeah. And that year was rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that year because you have a three-year-old then. 
and a baby or almost almost three year old, two year yeah. old. Yeah. So she turned three um, while my husband was deployed that time. Okay. And she had her new baby brother, and she was still adjusting yep. to to life. And everybody knows, like you call them the three nagers, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and those new siblings are a threat, so that's already, you know, adding a challenge. Right. Um, so yeah, I that was probably my biggest year as a failure as a mom. <laughs> Even more so than the delivery? Perhaps. <laughs> oh man. But no, I think I remember during that deployment, um, my daughter would again, 3 right? Like they're mm-hmm. so logical at that age. Um, <laughs> she would scream at the top of her lungs for like an hour over and over. I want my mommy. I want my mommy. I want my mommy. And I would oh, literally man. have her in my lap and she would be screaming. I want my mommy. And like, I've also got this infant over here, like crying and needing, you know, infant things. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do with you. Like I'm, here you know what do you want from me yeah um and I definitely remember like the worst day of motherhood I remember getting in her face like I don't know who your mom is (laughs) (laughs) where is she I will take you to her (laughs) oh man but I was like I because I didn't know it didn't matter what I would do for her yeah she was saying I want mommy I'm her mommy and she clearly is not wanting her mommy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not real proud of that. <laughs> well, what, I mean, what options do you have at that point? You're only human and you're trying to run the ship by yourself and exactly. do all the infant things. And when, like, there's a giant breakdown in communication with a toddler, like, you can only take so much. That's... And it was it was seriously ah. daily. I could almost set my clock to it. It was like 2 in the afternoon when she got up from her nap. Mm. And it was, yeah. I almost dreaded nap time because I knew when she woke up that she was going to be a nightmare. Oh, that's a awful way to live. <laughs> it was terrible. She grew out of it. But it's one of those things, like, in retrospect, I can see that she actually did want her mom. Like, that is what she was asking for Uh because she had had me to herself. And then not only is her dad gone, so I'm her only, like, you know, person. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, like, there's this little baby that's stealing me away from her. Mm -hmm. So it's like, of course she wanted her mommy. Yeah. But her mommy, like she wanted her, was not there anymore. You know? And yeah, and you can't go back. Yeah. So that's a lose lose. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, How in the stressful. heat of the moment, you don't see that. <laughs> no, it's very hard to be able to zoom out when you're under that much stress and truly connect to yeah. like the, you know, con- the place that she's coming from for sure. Right. right. Oh. But again, we survived. Yeah. And and kept moving around. <laughs> and kept moving around. <laughs> Where are all the places you've moved to so far? So when my husband got married, pre-kids, we lived in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. 
from there, we went to San Diego. And then from there, we went to Pensacola, which is where uh, my daughter was born, Pensacola, Florida. And then we went to Jacksonville, Florida, from there to Hawaii, um, which is where my son was born in Hawaii. And then back to Jacksonville, Florida, and then uh, Japan. Spent two years in Japan, and now we are in Rhode Island. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. It is a little bit, yeah. <laughs> the biggest test you can give me is to ask me my zip code. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just start saying random numbers. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, like, a Rolodex in your phone to just keep referring back to when you have to, like, write it down? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I don't blame you at that point. I can barely keep mine straight. <laughs> yeah. So how have the kids done with all of that? Moves are a big deal. Moves are a big deal. And I think it'll change as they get older. But to this point, they like the adventure. And it's never been a negative thing. I think for all of the trials that my daughter has given me, I think she is like the most go with the flow with the moves. She hasn't, I mean, she's nine. So we have time. I'm sure as we get into the, the tween and teen years, it could change. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I don't know, saying goodbye to friends, like she'll cry for a second. And then she starts planning when they can get together again in the future. And she's like, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. We can visit and do this. And so she kind of just rolls with the punches. Um, and my son, he's a little, he's kind of a homebody to this point. So he's, as long as he has his Legos, he's fine. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, can I take my Legos? Yes. Okay. We're good here. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> but Bar I'm sure, like I say, I'm sure that could change in the future. But to this point, if we treat it like an adventure, they will treat it like an adventure. Mm, I bet that's a huge part of it. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they definitely play on our emotions from it. Yeah. Is it hard to keep, like, I mean, if it's all dependent upon how you're handling it, how do you make sure you're handling it well? Um, well, I see it as an adventure, too. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have a choice. Otherwise, do you? <laughs> no. Um, I don't know if I make sure I'm handling it any one certain way. Uh-huh. I definitely believe in letting the kids see our emotions. I don't want them to think that we're robots just going through life. Um, I know my mom is of a generation that I was raised. I can count on one hand the number of times I saw my mom cry. And that was, you know, when she initially would see me get emotional in front of my kids, you can't let them see you're weak. And Mm. I thought, but, also, I want them to know that I can get upset and still be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. that might be a generational thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely just try to, because we do get, obviously, there's stress. And For sure. they see me cry. And they'll say, you know, mom, what's wrong? And I'll say, you know, I'm just having a moment. And then as long as they see me pick myself back up and move on with life, then I think that's okay. Yeah, I think that's really healthy. Hey friends, just checking in. How are you holding up? I mean, there's only a global pandemic, 
a worldwide health crisis, and the most insane school year with no winning solutions on our shoulders. Are you paying close attention to your mental health? Your mental health has a direct effect on your child's mental health. You can't give them what you don't have. Asking for help is a sign of courage, humility, resourcefulness, self-awareness, and honesty. All things we want to be teaching our kids, right? We have to lead by example. If you're not about to find a local therapist, have you heard of BetterHelp? They are a sponsor of this podcast, and they're here to help. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs through a questionnaire and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Their counselors are legit. Licensed, trained, experienced, accredited psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, or licensed professional counselors. BetterHelp is committed to helping you find a good match, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, Plus, you can schedule weekly, video, or phone sessions. It's accessible for clients worldwide, and financial aid is available. As a special offer for Failing Motherhood listeners, you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash wholeheartedly. Visit betterhelp.com slash wholeheartedly to get the help you need today. Your kids need you whole. Okay, back to the show. Everything that we want them to learn that we have to lead by example, right? Like they take more from our actions and our words. So I think being able to portray that healthy realm of human emotions helps them really normalize their own. Right. Right? So they don't feel so isolated and like they're – something's wrong with them. Right. right. Well, and like with my husband gone so much, like they've had, well, my daughter has gone through four deployments now. Um, I guess my son three, but he doesn't remember the first one at all. Like, I don't want them to think I don't miss their dad. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that would be kind of messed up. So that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mom doesn't seem to care that dad's not here. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be questionable. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really important to remember because um, I'm sure with COVID and with all of the uncertainty of the entire world kind of turned upside down right now, Mm -hmm. um, moms are having a hard time coping with their own stress, their own anxiety, their own, you know, fear of the unknown and like everything is just heightened right now more than usual, which usual is already – the hardest job in the world. So I think I think moms are just feeling a lot of pressure to keep it together, you know, have a game face, wear the weight of the world on their shoulders, and feel like maybe they need to protect their kids from that or maybe they need to bear the brave face for the world. But I think where you're coming from is, is a really healthy place of saying, like, they can see the full spectrum of emotions, but then I help them see how I get through it or like there's no like uncertainty of well mom's panicking and like we don't have food on the table you know right right (laughs) but um 
speak to that more of like what you feel like that kids absorb what you put off. Um, because I do feel like that's true, but how do we keep that in mind with also having that healthy level of like grace for what that looks like? I don't, I think it's trial and error, right? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't really know if there's a a formula to it. Um, I think everybody has different tolerance levels for it. Right. Mm hmm. And what they can shoulder, what they can shoulder and what they, how it comes out, you know? Yeah. But I think it's just maintaining that it's being able to recognize it in yourself, right? Like if your emotions come out as like a screaming fit, which mind you, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> yep. <me too. laughs> um, you need to be able to like step back and be like, okay, I reacted this way because of this. And now I'm going to say, hey, kids, mom just lost it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Full ownership. Yep. And just kind of like getting them to talk through their own emotions too, right? And like figuring out their spectrum. Like, okay, it's okay that you just threw your toy across the room, but now go pick it up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Boundaries. Boundaries yeah. are our friend. Yeah. And then with, like, your kids' experience through all of the moves and the deployment, how do you view, like, their resiliency? Like, what things do you feel like really matter the most for getting them through those changes? Um, empathy. Mm. Um, me being empathetic to them and trying to see their angle and what is going on with them and kind of coaching them through their emotions. Right. Because they can't yeah. necessarily name all of them all of the time. Um, and then like, I know we always talk about things to look forward to. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it's we every time we move, we make a list of like the things we'll miss where we're leaving. Mm. And then like the things that we're looking for, we'll do research on where we're going. And what are you really excited to do here? Look at all of these cool, amazing things. Um, so kind of like just keeping it's all about balance. Yeah. Everything's balanced. Yeah. So, but it's been amazing to watch them process and, and be like this COVID thing. Like they were in school here. (laughs) This might be totally off subject. I don't know. They were in school. (laughs) So we got here right before things got really crazy and they were in school here for um, like two ish weeks. Um, oh, wow. in the classroom before things shut down, which is not long enough to make <laughs> friends. <laughs> no, it's barely long enough for your teacher to remember your name. <laughs> yeah. And, but like they had just left friends and then they got here and were just starting to remember names and feel like they fit in and then everything shut down, but they, like, they really are so resilient. That they're just like, okay, well, this is what we're doing now. And weird that we kind of went to school here for a minute. And who's this lady on this Zoom call? (laughs) But sure. Yeah, we'll go with the flow. (laughs) So it's been a very – but we also had some tears, some post-Zoom call tears when – especially my older one um, because she is getting into that more social age. Mm-hmm. And, like, her class would have all of these little, like, inside jokes. 
and chit chat back and forth. And she's like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's sad. So yeah, she was a little bit lonely, but, um, but yeah, they are resilient. And then, yeah. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that overcoming adversity begets more overcoming adversity, right? Because when we prove to ourselves, well, if we can make it through this, we can make it through this. Right. And when you have like that proven track record for yourself, that's what really builds that true level of self-confidence to say, like, I can do this because I've done it before. And if we can give our kids that opportunity to build that muscle, uh, that's going to last them their whole life. Right. That's like fantastic exposure if they're still given the support system to kind of like, you know, build that with a healthy level of probably some love and support. Right. From and us. It's, I think it's like teaching them. And this is totally I'm not I don't know. Uh, I'm not an expert on this, but I think it teaches them like extra problem solving skills um, as they have to adjust to situations. Like how many adults you know, walk into a new doctor's office or something like, I don't even know what to say or who, like, mm-hmm. they're totally intimidated by new situations. And my kids just like roll into a new school, like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like you do. Yeah. <laughs> just another Tuesday for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, no, you're totally right. Uh, like, they need all of the problem solving skills they can get because that's all we really do in life is solve problems over and over and over. Right. Um, so not being intimidated by that is key. Um, but then, yeah, helping them see that that's not something to, you know, fear is is huge because then they're just going to continue to put themselves in uncomfortable positions that are going to breed creativity. It's going to breed adaptability, like all of the key skills that are all of those like soft skills that employers are really looking for, right. you know, not just academics. It's like all of that social emotional development that makes or breaks, you know, someone sticking to something. Mm-hmm. Um, have you read that book, uh, Grit? No, by I Angela read Duckworth. It's a little dry, but it's really, really good <laughs> when you need statistics to back up like that idea of helping our kids be okay with failing and trying again and having that persistence muscle and like really looking at what matters to them you coming back to a hard situation or just giving up you know I think ultimately when we look at success at the end of this whole parenting journey and what we really want our kids to be doing or who they want them to be that's a huge aspect of success as a functioning citizen of society right (laughs) definitely (laughs) Yeah. So in that case, you're nailing it. (laughs) They're going to have lots of other issues. (laughs) Everybody's in therapy for something. That's right. I know my husband thinks they're going to completely resent him for for doing the deployments and everything. And um, he's almost a novelty at this point. But, you know. Yeah, like it's a bonus if he's around. Yeah. Kind of novelty. Yeah. That's got to be hard. He has his own journey in He has his own thing. He can work through that. (laughs) That's a podcast episode for for the fatherhood side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But how are your kids' relationship with him? They're great. Um, I think it's quality over quantity. You know, they Mm – 
they play together. They they love for him to be around because he is a novelty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets to do the fun things, you know, and I have to be the disciplinarian and all of the yeah. all of the negative things when he's away. So when he is there, he has no authority with them. Like because <laughs> <laughs> they just defer to me. Uh-huh. Um but they that, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> but they have a good they have a good relationship. They like to, you know, do their thing. They're actually on a bike ride together right now. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So what advice do you usually share in like the support group communities that you're involved in with other military families? If there's somebody maybe newer in the journey, maybe, you know, going through their first deployment or just having, you know, kids for the first time, what advice do you feel like is really key for them to understand? I think the big thing is just to make a plan and throw it out the window and just stay flexible. (laughs) Like, I know we're Navy, but the Marine Corps, you know, they're, they're saying is Semper Fi. We always say like Semper Gumby, like you have to be flexible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, And just roll with the punches and have empathy for everyone involved, <laughs> really. Like you just take it as it comes and just, yeah, just really stay flexible. Yeah. That's all you can really do. Because if you're probably resisting that, I mean, it's only making yourself more miserable, probably. For sure. Yeah. Ugh. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that you're there to, like, support other um, moms because that that community aspect is key. And I know I've been friends with um, with several families in, that have been moving around. And they get so good at making friends wherever they they have their next stop because they have to be. They know that they need that support. Yeah. It's it's funny. Um it's like the first when you get somewhere new, that first person you meet is automatically your emergency contact. <laughs> like cuz you fill out all these forms that need emergency contacts and you're like I don't yeah. know anybody. Hey, <laughs> you look like a decent person. Like can I have your number? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even have a choice. <laughs> no, no choice. So I think that helps because it just has to be so fast. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's child by fire. <laughs> exactly. Um, do you find that military families struggle like marriage wise with like the level of I don't know any details on like the statistics around separation and divorce, but I'm sure that has to be an added challenge of navigating the added, you know, stress. It definitely, I don't know the statistic on it. Um, I used to, I've heard it before. And if you said it, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Um, <laughs> but it is higher than like the normal average um, for divorce. And um, yeah, I don't, it just, I think it's just greatly depends on the couple. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to that outside of that, but it is, it's definitely in, it's one of those things too, like, I know when you talk to people, I have a specific family member that anytime I complain about anything, um, they say, well, you know what you signed up for, mm. but it's, you don't like, <laughs> you kind of do in theory, but until you actually live it, you don't kind of like motherhood. Totally. Um, <laughs> And then just because you knew what you were getting into, 
doesn't make it easy, right? No. Not so, at all. Yeah, we um, can we can want things and it can be the thing we've waited our whole life to do, but that does not mean that it's not the hardest thing we've ever done. Right. And yeah, so. you need a safe place to vent that for sure without feeling that guilt of, well, yeah, I did choose this. But yeah. that's aside a point. <laughs> but what's funny about it is like even looking at our hardest duty stations, his hardest jobs, our high- hardest times like as a family, there's not one single place that we have lived that I wouldn't go back to mm. and I wouldn't do it again. Like it's it's definitely not an easy life. But it's amazing. Like, it's such an amazing ride. And most of that is the people that you meet. Oh, I'm sure. That's got to be so cool now, especially with social media, being able to stay in touch with so many of those people. Yeah, for sure. Like, Japan and Hawaii. <laughs> like, those are pretty awesome deployments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no complaints here. <laughs> well, that was part of the deal because when we started out and I didn't want any part of this um, – <laughs> Initially, I was still in my 20s and thought, oh, well, I can do this and still have a career and just I'll be fine. But then after you move, we've averaged a move every like 20 months, I think it is. Wow. Um, so after the first couple and you just start over every single place you go, you realize very quickly that having a job and a career is really hard mm-hmm. <laughs> in that lifestyle. And um so I kind of gave that up with motherhood and thankfully we're in a place that we can. Um, but it's kind of on this end, I look back and you look at the, like the, the young spouses that are like, Oh, I've got this. I can have my career. So you just, again, you have to stay flexible yeah. and you kind of learn as you go and you know, yeah, you, you don't know what you're going to get to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could prepare people with all of the things for motherhood too, but they're just never, you never realize it until you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> and there are unicorns, right, that have, like, yeah. that job they can take with them or, you know, right. some professions like nurses or teachers or that's, you know, a little easier to move with. But mm-hmm. um, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how do you handle that dynamic of your husband not having the authority, uh, you know, with, with your kids when he is back in between deployments, mm-hmm. does that create like a good cop, bad cop situation? And like, how do you get past some of those in the moment? You know, like, does he, did he just have to learn to defer to you most of the time? Or what, what did that look like? That's been some trial and error as well. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely. Uh, he will defer to me in the early stages when he gets back. And then eventually he does gain a little bit of authority, um, but they always still will look at me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Now that they're getting older, they're getting craftier. (laughs) And they will kind of mom and pop us. You know, if mom says no, we'll go ask dad. Yeah. And so we have to be kind of conscious of saying, well, did what'd your mom say? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but also like he lets them get away with stuff that I don't. And that's, that's gotta be okay sometimes too. Right. Because they yeah. need, they need to feel like safe and secure with him. And I think mm-hmm. that helps when they're like, Oh, dad's the cool, you know, he's gonna, you know. Yes. So. Pros and cons of both, both parents. 
<laughs> but, but then he forgets. It's one of my favorite stories. When my daughter gave up her pacifier when she was a baby, um, it was on that deployment, her first deployment when she, you know, she was like 18 months old. So she gave up her pacifier and he was gone and missed the whole experience. And then when he got back, we had a friend that was talking about trying to break their you know, son from having his pacifier. And he was like, yeah, I remember when we took hers away, it was so hard. I said, really? Was it, it was hard for you. Was it? Huh? That's interesting. Cause I don't remember you being there. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to claim by association. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not so much. <laughs> so he forget. he'll come home and kind of, he forgets what he misses and he'll also forget that like, Oh, so she learned how to tie her shoes while I was gone, and I don't have to do that anymore. But she will try to get him to do it, you know, kind of thing. Uh Like, oh, dad doesn't know that I know how to pour my own milk, so I can get my dad to do it, you know. Uh (laughs) Kids are so good at that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's good, though. They need totally different relationships with both of us because, like, that, that connectedness is so important. No right. matter what behavior and ups and downs we're going through as a family, like just n- having feeling known right. by both parents is is huge. So um, I love that you've been able to work that out through trial and error, but like be willing to, you know, put in that long term effort yeah. to be able to see how that's paying off now as they're getting older. Yeah. And we do. We get it wrong. Probably, you know, daily somewhere or another. But Oh, don't we, we all? We definitely <laughs> Make a concerted effort. So that's awesome. Good for you. Uh, So I'm dying to know more about your new podcast. Tell us about that. So I am finally have found something that I can take with me where I go and kind of have a passion project. I'm starting the Metamorphosis podcast with a friend of mine in Germany. So that's, again, another international thing. So um, we're talking to people about change and life-changing events and how you change with it or how it's changed you. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. I'm very excited to get it. We should be launching like this week. Like it's brand new and exciting and fantastic. So Yay. <laughs> yeah. Do you have some episodes recorded? We do. We do. We have uh, three episodes ready to roll um, just as soon as we can get them going. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks. Podcast life is so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Because of the relationships, because of the people that you get to talk to, it's like unlike any other interaction. And I love that there's no comment section for things to get crazy in. So that's always good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But it's a great way to showcase like storytelling and people's experiences. And that will be such a great way Yeah, I just think it's so important that my mom quotes me as having said one time when I was younger, and I still say it now, um, like, I want to go all the places and meet all of the people. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how, you know, I embrace all of our transitions and moves. And then going into this podcasting, I'm like, well, I get to help people tell their stories and in turn meet them. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's just so important to make connections and realize that we're all sharing this common like human experience like we're so much more alike than we give each other credit for a lot of times 
We so are. Yes, we all want the same things. Yeah. Oh, that's so important. Thank you for doing that and yeah. for doing all of the work. <laughs> I, know how, I know how much work it is. Uh, so thank you for doing that. And that'll be so fun for you to have something just for you to kind of keep working on yes. week by week. So exciting. Thank you. So how can we find it? Just search the, all the podcast places. Search all the podcast places. We have an Instagram account and a website coming soon. Awesome. Well, the way that I wrap up every episode is I love to ask every guest that comes on, how are you the mom that your kids need? Well, they're stuck with me, so that's what they get. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) (laughs) No, I always just, I, like you say, I just learn as you go. And I'm the kind of person that is a hands-on learner. Um, and I, I try to to be that way with my kids. And that's, I think, the best gift we can give them. So. Oh, yeah, for they're sure. They're mine. And they're stuck. Like I said, that's my answer. They're stuck with me. So I'm the mom they need. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I haven't gotten that answer yet. So. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best with homeschooling and the new podcast. And I just really appreciate taking the time to share your story with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Like every episode, I hope that you feel encouraged that you're not doing it all wrong just because it's hard. And always, of course, please remember, you are the mom that your kids need. Next episode, you'll get to hear from Paulette Pinheiro. She has an incredible story of risking everything by leaving her home country to get her son the help he needed. Don't miss it. Do you need a person? We all just need an ear and some advice right now. Please let me be your person. We solve problems together, boost your confidence, and get you on the same page as your spouse. Go to parentingwholeheartedly.com slash coaching and let's get started. Have you left your five-star review yet? It helps other moms find the show. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. I believe in you and I'm cheering you on.